we have a unique opportunity for you. I'm going to ask the first touch if they'll come forward again. We're going to pass baskets again, and we're going to give you money. No, <laughs> wouldn't it be? I'd be like, man, I love this church. We're going to give you cards today. And uh, had this idea this week. We have done it in the past, but these are a little different. And it's an Easter worship card. And on the back, it tells you the time, address, website. These are just easy. I, we wrote about it briefly there in the worship guide. These are for you. Please take a couple of these. Uh, you know, if you're not going to pass them out, then hey, don't let somebody else. But please get these out. These are just fun, easy reminders. Studies are telling us that 80% of all people that get Easter invitations are likely to come and worship with you. One of the greatest things is like sometimes people are just kind of scared, like, man, what would I wear? What would I do? And say, and where would I sit? Hey, come sit with me and my family. So these, this morning, we're going to pass these out. So they're going to, y'all start passing those out now. If you just take a couple or whatever, and, and then after the service, and we still have a bunch, we'll have them at the booth. And we'd love for you to get these out this week, get people to put them on the refrigerators. Uh, you can mail them to people if you need to. I think the best way is just to go up to somebody at school, at work, uh, soccer moms, whatever, just go, hey, do y'all do have a church home or hey would you, would you consider coming to easter with me this year man we've got a special service and man we'd love for you to be our guest is this a good thing church so there it is just easter cards are easy reminders you don't have to do the, the four spiritual laws you don't have to share the gospel you just go man would you come i want you to be my guest okay so i wanted to share that with you and now we're going to get into god's word together as they're passing those out y'all feel free uh, to take those and that'd be great Robert touched on this a minute ago as we sang this morning about Shout Hosanna on Palm Sunday. The scripture says in the 12th chapter of John, just listen to these words. Uh, Jesus here fulfills a prophecy by Zechariah by riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And the word says, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city and a large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and they went down the road to meet him and they shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey, he rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming riding on a donkey and god's church said amen this is the triumphal entry of jesus into jerusalem you know we know the story a little bit later it's not a triumphant entry man it's a massacre it's crucifixion but then we have the glorious resurrection that we'll get into next weekend but today the the famous last word series this is part three and it's three simple words those words are, it is finished. Let's say it all together. It is finished. Now, I'm going to be kind of coming in and out of this gospel narrative, and then I'll try to make practical application. But I was thinking, how do you first, or how do you try to start this? Somebody that already knows the story, or they know about the story, and I thought about it. How many of you have unfinished projects in your life? Raise your hand. Okay, right now, on your worship guide this morning, I want you to start writing down all the un... No, no, don't do that. Now, I know when the sermon gets a little slow, I've seen some of y'all's worship guides. Some of you just fill out continually front and back. Some of you make a few comments and you flip it over and I've seen the public's grocery list. I've seen people I need to forgive. I've seen places I'm, I would like to go. And like, hey, where are you going to lunch? And all the young people are like, man, what do you do? We just text each other and go, man, that's what we're doing. Okay, so hey, stop that. Okay, but here it is. Some of you went, oh, 
It's Easter. We have guests coming. There's an unweeded flower bed that needs to be done this week. I know somebody wrote that down, right? Your wife did. Okay. All right, here it is. Our garage is chaotic. It's out of control. Somebody needs to clean it. And that somebody is, okay, here it is. I've got a closet, and I've just been stuffing stuff in it. I got you, Ditta. Yeah, and, and you need help here. Or here's the one. Coming up, we have this thing in America. Another, it's a, not a three words, it's three letters. T-A-X, tax day. How many get excited about that? Not. Somebody are like, oh, Pastor, I'm getting a refund. Well, great, share it with the church. But, but here's the deal. So, so, you get, so it's unfinished, and you put it off, and you put it off. And like, here, I'm just curious. How many of you have already filed your taxes? Raise your hand. I'm holding my hand. We've already done ours. All right, now, I want to see all the people that haven't filed their taxes. Raise your hands. Unfinished business. Okay, do that. Okay. Some of you are like, Pastor, I cannot focus on the Word because you got me now so uh, perplexed because I don't know when I'm going to do it. Well, uh, see somebody in the back. <laughs> I don't know who, but just see somebody in the back. Tell them, pray for me. Well, I want you to open your Bibles. Turn on your devices. I really want you to have your Bibles. Church, can I just tell you, I, I love devices, but there's nothing like this right here. Can I get a witness? Yeah, I'm just telling you, man. All right, John, turn to John chapter 19. Turn to John 19. Turn over to verse 30. There, across the top of your outline, forgive me for not, after it was all printed, I looked at it, I went, look at the boy. He didn't even put the head text on there. John 19, 28 through 30, so let's look there together. Ready? Here's what the scripture says. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished, and to fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. And when Jesus had tasted it, he said these words, it is finished. And then he bowed his head, and he released his spirit. I just read that from the New Living Translation, if it was a little different from yours. But I just want you to know, here it is. It starts this story, and Jesus all these different last words of Christ. And first of all, he goes, I am thirsty. And we could have done a whole thing on that, and I didn't. And now he goes, but it is finished. And I, I love that word. I, I've always liked that word, complete, finished. How many of you get thrilled when you complete, when you finish a project? Like uh, Aaron's not here today. They're, they're traveling this weekend. His, his wife's been the big A-Day uh, or Auburn majorette ch- trainer or whatever. And they had a wedding. And, uh, and they're coming up on their time that's really short with us before he goes to do ER medicine. But one of the things is, I'm just thinking, man, the grueling tasks that he's had and the disciplines before him, he's so excited about walking in a matter of weeks and receiving his doctorate of medicine. And man, we're going to rejoice and, and celebrate that with him. But I want you to see here, right across the top of your notes, I want you to fill these words in. Because this is what tetelestai is the Greek word. Tetelestai. And in the Greek, I've told you this before, the Greek is a precise and exact language, a lot richer than our language. It's so, so many times it's hard to translate words into English completely. That's why you have different translations. That's why some Bibles are better word for word. Some Bibles are better for phrases. They, the NLT happens to be really better, I think, at phrases. The NIV, the New American Standard, some would now debate the ESV is a probably a little better, maybe word for word. But, but I, want you to, I want you to fill this in because this is what it says. This whole Greek thing here, it, it can be translated to end. To telestai means to end something. 
So it'll, it'll come up on your notes here to end. The other one, it can be translated to complete. We, we complete something. So uh, it's, it's to end something, it's to complete, or it is to execute. That's a part of to tell a style. It's executing something, a, a plan into motion, or it is to discharge a credit. And of course, it is finished is our English vernacular. It's, it's just, it's completed. It's, it's perfected to tell a style. And in, in, in the days of Jesus, this would be a very common word. They go to telestai. They would use that just in, in common, ordinary uh, Greek in, in, in the language of the day. And those, you're saying, well, why don't we do that? Well, it's not our language. But on, on the cross of Golgotha, there at Calvary, Jesus just ushers these words forth to telestai. It is finished. And um, anyone dying would think, yeah, it's it's finished. It's, it's completed. But we know that this is not the end of the story. It's the, it's the, paying, the, the payment for sin because of a horrendous sin that we had put on Christ that we talked about last weekend when he cries out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? But here, I think to tell us, for Jesus, it would be, I am a victor. It is complete. I've, I've done that which you've given me. I have uh, fulfilled, I've completed the mission. I know you and I get thrilled when we complete a task at hand, as I said earlier. But here, man, Jesus, he was born to die. He was incarnated, came to earth to give us life and to show us how to live and to point us to the Father. And here he's on the cross and Satan's doing a jig and Satan knows he is one. And Jesus just goes... It's finished. And I think on that day, I bet Satan's going, man, I knew it. He wasn't who he said he was. He wasn't complete. He wasn't God. He's not. I've got my thing. Uh, this, to tell us uh, in, 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 in that day of when the scriptures were written, there was a lot of slavery that abounded among the people some 2,000 years ago. And when somebody had accomplished that which their master had asked them to do, they had completed the work. The, the owner or, or the, the person that managed them would go to telestai. I mean, it was a very common word. Another one would be uh, uh, like the priest, is they would go into the temple and they would make atonement for sin. They would offer up uh, sacrifices that were temporary at best, and they would say to telestai. But, but you know, there the scripture says they would always have to look for a lamb. And, and then they would inspect the lamb, and they would look at the lamb, and they would see if the lamb had any blemish. If it was, see, a lot of times people would go, oh, I'm just going to give my crippled lamb. <laughs> I, you know, it won't be worth a lot, or it's not very useful. So I'll give my crippled lamb at the altar. And the priests are like, no, you ain't bringing your sorry, tattered, beat up, ugly sheep, lambs to my altar. You're bringing your best. Do you see the parallel for our New Testament living today? Does anybody see it? Jesus said, are you bringing your best? See, when we bring our lives, do we bring our best to Christ? Do we bring our best offering? The Bible says, present yourself as a living sacrifice to the Lord. When, when you gave your gift this morning, did you give your best gift to the Lord? You went, no, man, I didn't, I didn't give my best gift. It had a flaw in it. Somebody looked at it. And here, uh, here, here's another thing when I think about it. It's finished and and. and, and perfection 
Even Pilate himself. You remember those words of Pilate? He, he knew that Jesus was perfect. He knew Jesus was right. Because Pilate even said these words. I find no fault in him. Did you ever think about that before? Even Pilate's going, I, I got no problems with him. I, I, now he cowers, but he goes, hey, I, I, find, I find no problem here. Another uh, place in that day would be for an artist when the artist would render a painting and, the, and they would step away from the painting. You, how many of you are artists? Everybody, anybody ever been an artist in your day? Yeah? How many wanted to be? Like, yeah, man, I want to, like, you know, we don't have any Sistine chapels around here. Okay, all right. But, but uh, like, you want to be an artist. And uh, when an artist finished, they'll step away. And in that day, they'd go, hmm, to tell us that. It is finished. It's complete. I mean, you know, when, when you're, Apparently you don't know. I don't guess we have any artists in the house. You, believe it or not, I took four years of art. I, I used to draw a lot. Donna can v- verify this. I, you know, I, I wasn't great, but I was, I was okay. And I could do it. Now, I don't really do it anymore. The only thing I do now is draw little goofy character cartoons for my grandkids. And they think they're marvelous. But in the day, I'd do a lot of pencil stuff, and that was kind of fun. But then I'd see real people with real talent, and I'd go, Oh, my goodness, it is Tetelestai. They go, huh? No, I didn't say that. I just go, man, that's really good. They go, I know, I'm really good. We, we, we have a young man right now at Savannah Art College. His, his mom and dad have been here since he was, like, grew up here. He'd sit on the front row. And his brother played the drums this morning. Drew, he's, you know, he's a big artist over at Savannah Art College. I mean, like, you ought to see the kids. The kid, he's a young man now. You, you ought to see his artwork. Phenomenal Chrissy, did he ever do that in y'all's? I saw you. Did you ever, uh, did he ever step away and go, to tell us die? Do that to him today. Just say, son, to tell us die. He go, mom, what are you speaking? It's a new essential oil that I just came out with. No, I'll okay. <laughs> Hey, that's for free. I'm just trying to help your business, okay? Sorry. Sorry. It just, it just, it just kind of came out of me, you know? I have my diffuser over here and I'm the aroma. I love her. She's awesome. Here we go. Here we go. Let's get back. Woo! Help him, Jesus. All right, back on text. Acts. Look at, look at the screen. Give me something quick. It's Acts. There it is. Thank you. Don't make me work for it. Let's read it together. Can you read this? He said, hey, this is, we want to do this together, okay? He said, however, I consider my life worth how much to me? It's worth nothing. Zero. Zip. Not a as long as I may finish the race and do what? Complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. You can see this theme through Scripture. Apostle Paul and others completing the mission, the task that the Father had given them. And here he is, Jesus Christ. He completes the mission. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. A.W. Pink, a great commentator years ago, said, It is finished, but one word in the original yet, and that word is wrapped up in the gospel of God, all assurance and the sum of all joy. Complete joy. To tell us, it is finished. The other word would be, the debt is now paid in full. Did we sing a song this morning? Paid what? 
Jesus paid it all. It was all thematic for a reason. That's why I asked the team to do that. I, I wanted this to get in your heart, in your spirit. Maybe you would sing it. Maybe you would worship. Maybe you'd go listen to Watch the video. Is, is video working today, Kevin? He shook his head yes. We had video difficulty last week. You can watch it and listen to that again. You can worship there with your uh, computer if you wanted to. But that, here the... Uh, here the the sacrifices that were made by the priests would be uh perfected they would be the best that they had they would be unblemished as i told you earlier but basically jesus said there's nothing else left to do now my sacrifice my life is given freely as a ransom for all he just he just gives it up there's jesus would jesus would say nothing more needs to be added like the artist when the artist is at the canvas and the artist goes it, it, it needs a little something. You know how you do that on a paper, like the paper needs something, or you're, you're, you're painting the house or you're decorating the house. You go, there's something needs to happen on that wall. Well, here Jesus goes, nothing. Nothing needs to be added to what I've done. It's complete. It's in alignment with the Father. It's what I've come to do. Let's just look here at the eight things that were finished, completed when Jesus cried out, it is finished. Number one, the malice of his enemies were finished. The malice, malice just means the desire to cause pain. Jesus' contemporaries, Jesus' religious leaders, Pharisees, Sadducees, different ones, different sects, people, they were out to hurt him, to cause him anguish and pain eventually to the cross. And here he just goes, hey, desire to cause pain. Feeling the second one, the sufferings or, ordained by God were now finished. See, this, this suffering thing wasn't just, it, it just didn't happen and it caught God the Father off guard. He knew. He knew that man was wicked. He knew that man was sinful. He knew that man needed to be purchased and, and bought back by the blood of a perfect sacrifice being his son. And we talked about last week how he turns his back on that, how horrible that was. But Jesus goes, hey, it's finished. And uh, I, I just love this. I, I, think about this for a minute. When Jesus was in the carpentry shop, with his father Joseph. Do you ever think Joseph, can you imagine Joseph saying, Jesus, to tell us that. That's a good table, Jesus. Jesus, that's a really good chair you made for your mom, to tell us that. You're like, you're making this like really common. Oh, 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 this Greek language was. And, and they would say that. So when Jesus just says, to tell us that, it's done. It's perfect. I mean, I, I, how many of you think Jesus built phenomenal tables? Do you think Jesus had shoddy workmanship? Do you think you got a table from Jesus at market and it fell apart when you got home? <laughs> I mean, that thing was like lasting through the ages, you know? It'd be awesome. John and I have a little table that we bought, I think when Rachel was a little baby. We had this friend. He's actually a, a preacher today. He's a Methodist preacher in another city. But at that time, he was a carpenter. And I heard he built tables and little chairs for kids and so we went and we talked with him and he built one and this thing was awesome i could sit in it and it didn't fold and we still have that table and chair for our kids and it has great strength because it was it was well made and i and, and i think man that, that's kind of stuff jesus did to the next factor he just built great stuff look at the third one all the old testament types and prophecies were fulfilled I could have, and I started to list them all. I'm sorry I didn't do a Bible study on this. The prophecies fulfilled in Christ, they're, they're thrilling to look at the Old Testament being fulfilled in the New Testament and the life of Jesus. But here you, you, you see, and, and I just listed a few here, and I'm not going to read it for you because I'm not going to insult you. You can read. You, you can look right there and go, man, there's just a few of them. 
And these are being fulfilled by the life of Jesus. Look at the fourth one. The ceremonial law, the day was abolished. It was eradicated. It was taken away. It was, it was a good thing. And, and Jesus says in Romans, uh, he puts it, Christ is now the end of the law. The law always directs us to something. The law always points us to the Father, to Christ. So he comes to fulfill the law, to, to end the law here. I, I read this, I like it. It says, the law is our schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. The law cannot save us, but it leads us to the door. You remember when Jesus said, I am the, the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door, Jesus would say. So the law points you and me to the door being Christ that we might pre be presented and acceptable to the Father. Man, it's finished. To tell us now. Man, that, that is awesome. I mean, I look at that and I go, this, this is good news. And, then, and the fifth one is the price of sin, as we've been saying here this morning, was paid in full. I mean, it wasn't paid in part. Like, uh, uh, you ever had a bill and you, and you didn't have the money to pay all of it, so you just paid a portion of it. And some of you are like, well, yeah, I do that on my credit card all the time. I pay interest only. Time out horrible we're gonna get you in a dave ramsey course like immediately okay you, you're never gonna get out of debt if you're only paying the interest only and you want to make major chunks and you want to do snowballing and okay i won't get into financial seminar i love this kind of stuff but the bottom line is you, you want to pay it off you and you love it when you can go pay for something in full but when you can't pay for it in full and you just pay for it in part you're like man i'm still a debtor and here man jesus he pays the whole thing he he goes i'm gonna give a new covenant and i want you uh, people to embrace the covenant of God and that covenant is in my son the father would say Jesus Christ and uh, so God finishes that which he starts I, I don't know about you but I have some things that I've started that I've never finished anybody ever done that before I mean you, you got projects like Don and I have this thing we have an obsession almost with HGTV we just like HGTV and and they'll go to these people's houses or whatever and they're like yeah like I started this in 1922 and you know I, I exaggerated okay but we started it years ago and there's like different like just paint splotches all over the wall and there's sheetrock and there's holes and there's, you know psychedelic lights and just wood paneling remember wood paneling and uh, and Maybe you still got some. It's awesome. And uh, you got all these things. It's like, man, we, just, we need to do something with this. Well, I mean, that happens. But, but, but it's, never, it's never completed. But what Jesus, when Jesus starts something, he finishes. How many of you are glad that Jesus finishes that which he starts? The Scripture says, he that began a good work in you and me will perfect it, will complete it against the day of Jesus Christ. I love that. Man, God started a work in my heart, and he started a work in yours. If you have faith in Jesus, and he will complete that one day. But he has begun. I am confident that he who has called me will complete that which he has started. He finishes. He finishes well. So somewhere in your notes today, just go, man, Jesus finishes well. I mean, Jesus uh, pays completely for our sin. He, he, he pays a tag. Uh, uh, man's done his worst man has beat him man has uh, put him to a cross man has crucified him but god gives new covenant and the seventh one is here his life was now finished you're saying man his life is now finished well in the sense of human breathing being it's finished it's a, it's a it's a ransom it's an offering to the father he's not finished <laughs> he man he's he lives forever he reigns forever our jesus is a ruling reigning supreme sufficient eternal powerful omnipotent gracious raises the dead king amen 
Our king rules. He's not, man, he's not like, your God is dead. Remember that movie we did it here in the house? Our God is dead. He's not dead. He's alive. Here, let me, here it is. Jesus, though, Jesus pays, Jesus pays a debt he doesn't know, the song said. And he, he, pays the, he pays with credit. In Hebrews 10, 4, it says, For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. They were only a temporary offering, but here a permanent perpetuation, atonement for sin is made. Let, let me share this example. Maybe this will help you. Have you, have you ever gone shopping uh, for a big screen TV with a credit card? You, you can raise your hands. Like, have you, have you ever done that before? Like, oh, well, yeah, man, I'm going to do it this afternoon. So as I leave here, I'm going to get one. And, or you just made any kind of purchase. And you go in and you make a purchase, and what do they do? They swipe your card. And now they have, they, do you have a chip in it? And you got to put that chip in there if you got one of those cards, you know. But, but they're going to swipe your card because in, in doing that, you promise to do what? You promise to make good on that credit that they extended to you. Now, some of you are like, Pastor, I never do that. And that's good. You use cash or you use your debit card. But if you do use a credit card, pay it off at the end of the month and, and don't get But here, just as with this, with this credit card purchase, you, you take the TV home and you enjoy it. But they'll, they have this thing they, they call repo if you, if you don't complete it. And, and, and they'll come get it, okay? Well, here, man, Jesus, he just makes payment. And, man, it's finished. It's good. It, it depends. Our payment depends that God's going to pay the payment, and God does. Man, I'm so glad we don't have to go to the priest this morning, that we go to the high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he makes offering to the Father continually for you and for me. And, and God's credit limit, it's really high. You ever thought about that? But God purchases completely, and God makes a complete, true, awesome payment. And when he made that payment, he just he bought us. The Bible says, you have been bought with a price. And the price is the precious blood of Christ. And you are now no longer your own. You belong to him. So when you surrender, give your heart, yield your heart to the king, you go, Lord, you've paid it in full. Lord, it's finished. To tell us style, Lord, I trust you. It, Lord, I don't have to try to go purchase it back. That's already taken care of. It's like, have you ever got to a place, have you ever purchased an automobile or a truck and kept it long enough that you paid for it? Somebody raise your hand if you've ever done that. And they send you something in the mail, and it is a wonderful, wonderful day. It's called a title. And when that title comes, you go throw it in the garbage can. You do not. You, you hold it and you go, look, our 1973 gremlin is now paid for. Now, you, all the young people don't even know what a gremlin is. The ugliest car known to man. Oh, AMC Motors. I don't know why I said that. I hope you didn't have one. If you did, you can repent right now. Okay. No, I, I mean, if you had one, praise the Lord. But, 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 but hey, but you had one of those. Or, or, or I remember my dad said, you need a Pinto? I go, I don't want a Pinto. <laughs> they, or, or a Vega. Woo! Boy, those are good cars. Paul, you remember those? Aren't, aren't you glad they don't make those anymore? But the bottom line is, when you pay your car, your truck off, you get your title, it feels good, doesn't it? It's like, man, it's paid in full. And you put it in a safe, or you put it in a safe place, and you hold it. Because when you go to get rid of that car, you have to have that title. Well, here, man, Christ purchases. So, the, you know what the cross of Jesus is? It's a receipt. You know, did you know uh, in the day of Jesus with the Romans and those people in that part of the world, somebody would pay for something, 
And across at the top of the receipt, they would just write these words. To tell us stop. It's finished. Paid for. Complete. I go, man, that, that is good news. So as a Christian, that's the wonderful grace and the good news of the Lord is that, man, I am, I am bought. I am paid for. I don't, I don't have to work for my salvation. How many of you are glad you don't try to have to work for your salvation this morning and earn it? I can imagine as a pastor having to go, hey, you cut it. You didn't cut it. You cut it. Hey, you got a little bit more work to do? I have people all the time asking me, how much can I sin and still get to heaven? Dumb, dumb question. Don't ask me that question. Ask me if you love God, if you're becoming holy, if you're growing in the image of Christ. I mean, people ask me, can I do this and still make it? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think so. I think you need to trust Christ. Amen? But there's some people running around. Oh, you know, that guy there, he'll tell you how much you can get away with. I ain't a church I want to go to. I'd hate to know who your accountant is, too. Okay, anyway, just thinking, all right. Imagine here this. It's finished. I mean, Satan's doing a jig. Satan's thrilled, and Christ trumps him. He beats him. Man, God, thank you for the resurrection. In the resurrection, we'll talk about next weekend, just death defeated. Man, that, that's the best news I know, that death is annihilated. There's a verse that's going to, uh, well, uh, John, is John 129 on the screen? Will it come up? Yeah. And John just simply says, the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus, he takes away the sin of the world. Our students have been studying the Gospel of John this year, haven't you, students? Not a lot of you here today. I don't know where they're at. Anyway, use it there. Like, fill this section right here. Have y'all been studying John? Parker, you, okay, you're supposed to say yes. Blake's real happy when you go yes. Okay. And, and, yeah, you remember, don't you? And y'all did this early on. And here it is, right in the beginning of the Gospel, Jesus just talks about pain and provision and and then john 17 4 look at this screen i glorified you on the earth having accomplished the work which you have given me to do this is jesus i don't know if y'all uh, blake have y'all got that far yet the john 17 okay here it is what does jesus say here he has what glorified he's accomplished he's done he's completed he's perfected the work of the father his life Man, all, all through Scripture, you just see this theme. It points to the Lord. It points that He's finished. He's accomplished by His death, by His resurrection, by His blood. Man, it's, it's done away with. Hebrews 2.14 says, Only by dying could He break the power of the devil who had the power of death. You know, the death angels and the power of Satan. And here Jesus trumps over that. And He, he breaks the power. He cancels out sin. All, all sins get transferred to the cross when Christ hangs at Calvary. It's finished. So Jesus just, right before he breathes his last word, bows his head and releases his spirit. To tell us that. It's finished. So look at the eighth. The work of redemption was now complete. It's not like there needs to be a little bit more to happen or Jesus has got to do something else to prove his worthiness or his acceptance to the Father. No, he goes, no, it's, it's done. It's complete. Jesus finishes strong can i just say something to you right now i really feel it well enough in my spirit that's my goal for you as your pastor i want you to finish strong i want you to complete the race that you began it's not how you start the race so much it's how you finish some people don't finish well i know a lot of pastors over the years being a pastor for 35 years, I've met a lot. Many have not finished. I still remember the statistic. 
in a seminary class where they said in a class of about 30, six or seven of you will finish your ministry well. And I looked at them like, huh? All these people here love God. Like, why else would you take all these boring classes? I mean, I mean, all these classes and read all these books and write all these papers. And some of it was good and some of it wasn't. You're like, no, nah, man. They're like, no, they won't, they won't complete. They won't finish. They'll burn out. They'll have moral failures. They'll do all kind of crazy stuff. They'll, they'll chase money. They'll chase riches, but they won't finish. And I thought, no way. I've looked back over 35 years, and that statistic was a little skewed. hadn't been that high, but many have said, I'm checking out of the race. I've chosen this. I've chosen this world. I've chosen something over Christ. I've chosen not to trust him. So following Christ is a finished decision that, Lord, I commit myself to you, but I want to finish that which I've started. I hear it all the time with college students. Man, I want to quit. I don't want to finish. And what does your mom and dad say? Finishing is not an option. Finish. And people go to graduate school like, oh, I'm going to quit. You don't quit. You keep enduring. All through life, you're like, I want to stop. I don't want to complete that which I've started. Finish that which you start. If, if that's the only thing you hear today, finish what you start. That's not a bad word. But look to Jesus and go, he finished that which he started. He executed a finishing, completing action in himself as he looked to his father. He, he stands up for us. I like that we did the song, The Stand Today. Because Christ stands up for us to the father. He's the only one that can and he fights for us. I, I read a little story. I, I love this one. In 1968, in Mexico City was the Olympics. And, and I remember that. A lot of you don't, but that's okay. And there's a runner named John Stephen Aquari. And he was from Tantania. And he was running a race. And he fell down flat on his face. And he had this massive injury. And blood was running all over his body. And so they kind of had to, they went out there with a stretcher. And they like pulled him off the track. And the race went on without him. You're like, well, yeah, I mean, the guy's in pretty bad shape. So a guy from Ethiopia won the race. Imagine that. They're always running races. And after the race was finished and the stadium was clearing out there in Mexico City, about a third of the crowd was maybe there. And everybody heard the sound of the siren coming with the ambulance and they were going to pick up this young man. And right as they opened up the door, the injured runner, somehow he got his composure and he hobbled back to the track. And as he hobbled back to the track, the race was already over. I mean, everybody's clearing out of there. I mean, they're going home to have dinner. I don't know. And the reporter asked him, why did you re-enter the race? I mean, you, you, you were not going to win. I mean, man, this is, this is like pathetic, man. You're hurt. You just need to go to the hospital. And I love what he says. He goes, my race was not finished. My country did not send me 7,000 miles away to start a race. They sent me 7,000 miles to complete a race. And he ran and finished. I love that story. And here's what I'm just thinking. Jesus has called you by name. Will you finish the race of faith? Will you finish it well? Will you run after him? That's what the Lord wants, to tell us style. Lord, it's complete, it's finished. And, and this, look right here. I got you a little box here this morning. I want you to look there with me. It just simply says, identify what unfinished business is. Just identify it. There, there's a place for you to write down your unfinished task. And this is not group therapy. This is not group work. This is for you. Is there something undone, uncompleted in your life 
that you know the Lord wants you to finish. Now, I started with some crazy stuff like clean out the closet, clean out the garage, do this, blah, blah, blah. And, and those are good, and you should probably do those tasks, okay? But is there something spiritually? Is there something physically? Is there something relationally? Is there something financially? Is there something that you need to complete that you've started that you've just not done? There's this unfinished business. In Revelation chapter 3, 1 through 2, listen to the words of Scripture. I know your deeds, he said. You have a reputation. Now say it aloud. You have a reputation of what? Of being alive. But you are dead. And Christ wants you and me to be so alive in him. And he wants us to complete that which we've started. And he wants us to wake up when the scripture says, wake up, oh sleeper. So my prayer today is on this Palm Sunday, if you've somehow drifted and you've gone a little asleep spiritually, man, wake up. Complete the task the Lord has given you. Identify that which he has for you. Maybe there's some things biblically, spiritually in your heart, of hearts, in your soul. There's unforgiveness. There's love. There's actions. There's places you need to serve in the life of this church. There's ministries you need to join, you need to be a part of. Do that physically. Maybe there's exercise you need to begin to do because you're not exercising, you're not eating correctly. I, I, I can think of a hundred things this morning, but the Lord says there's some unfinished stuff. So right there, that is the most practical thing today. We've had this gospel teaching, and now you just go, wow, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit. Good, good choice. Holy Spirit, is, is there something you'd like for me to finish? Would you show me this afternoon? And I believe you will. And then ask him for the grace to finish and to finish well, that he'd be honored. No turning back. You'll just come to the piano on that. Just no turning back. Finish this race. Don't turn back to all the things could have been, should have been, maybe if. Just do it. Complete it. And in that, I think you're fulfilled in your heart. And God's blessed and he's honored and he's magnified. And, and, and we step over the line like there's a line here, and Christ says, just step over. Commit. Just commit your whole being to me. And then commitment, man, I'll be glorified. In, in commitment, I'll do a new work in you. And in your stepping over in faith, I'll be glorified. Man, would you do that today? Would you just consider that right now in your heart of hearts and say, Lord, I want to follow you. I, I want to run after you. I want to choose to to not pretend anymore, but I want to be real. I mean, I don't know, today there could be some people right now that just need Christ, or they need to come back to Christ, or they need to, they, they need to have a fresh commitment. So let's pray. Just bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, I just ask you to, to do something special right now. To move in our hearts, Lord, to give us a fresh commitment in our hearts, a fresh surrender, Lord, of something that we're holding on to and lord there's something you want us to release lord you died for me you died for my friends help us to relinquish control today and say jesus come come and save me come and be the lord of my life come come and take over lord come and forgive me jesus come and change me jesus take over on this passion palm sunday i surrender I drive my stake today spiritually. I give my heart to the King. Lead me, Savior, out of here. New in you. In the name of Jesus, God's people said, Amen.
hey, share that decision today. Share it with me outside or share it with a friend. That, man, that'd be great. Uh, here's what I want you to do today. Hey, we're, we're going to walk out of here. You're like, man, praise the Lord. Here we go. Uh, 